We're live. We're live. <laughs> episode five. Yeah. 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 It's episode five. Episode I had to think five. there for a second. Episode five. JK Moto. Welcome back. Or for the first time. I'm Easton. I'm Cole. And we're here to talk about motorcycles, as always. Just want to put out real quick we're available here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, multitude of other pro- podcasting platforms. And we have it for our own Instagram page. Go give us a follow over there. Subscribe on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. We appreciate it. And, you know, tell your friends. Tell your motorcycling buddies out there. The more the merrier. Right. Tell them all. This week we're going to cover MotoGP news. And then we're going to cover, as per the title, Carnage at Atlanta Motorsports Park. So Carnage? I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be super good. So stick around. Stick around. Let's roll that intro. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. And we're back. We are back. So MotoGP. MotoGP, not so not so fast. Not so fast. What do you I mean, mean not so fast? Before we get into MotoGP, I, I gotta go somewhere. Okay. I learned right. something. I learned something from you last week, and I, I gotta see if I can do it. Let me paint you a picture. Okay, I got you. you. Ready? So let's just say you're on your motorcycle. You're in the race of your life. You're coming into the first corner. You're in a crowd. You look to your right, there's a yellow Ducati. You look to your left, and there's some Miguel Oliveira. And you decide, what do I do? And then you bounce off one, and you bounce into the other. You cause all kinds of carnage, and that takes us to Correction Corner. Correction Corner. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a correction. Before we get into that MotoGP stuff, quickly, I don't know if you have any corrections, but I have one I'd like to throw in there. Okay. Did a little research, like I said, in the off week, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm really depressed. Really, really depressed now. Okay. Uh, you were right. I was absolutely, absolutely incorrect on the fuel tank sizes. I agree. <laughs> and, 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 and that's fine, but the reason I'm depressed is not so much that I was wrong. The reason I was, I'm depressed is... I just realized it takes twice as much gas to fill up my bike. <laughs> but the mileage doesn't change. Yeah. I did a little research here just quick. So BMW S1000RR carrying 4.4 gallons. I think I stated two, two and a half, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm halfway there. But I thought I'd do some comparisons. So Yamaha R1, four and a half gallons. Those are the two sport, you know, leader bikes I looked at. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity. So, you know, they're obviously very, very comparable, very close. Um, then I thought, well, what does a Harley hold? Maybe that's why I'm confused. <laughs> I looked at a, a Harley 1200 Sportster. We're at 3.1 gallons. Okay. Yep. Sounds about so, right. So less. But then I looked at a Harley Street Glide. And man, what a hog. Six? That, that, that guy's holding 5.997 gallons. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all right so that that takes a little bit and uh, i'm still trying to figure out where i got that bad information so i looked up a ktm 390 
Mm-hmm. Right? What do you think? What do you think that one holds? Uh, 390. I don't know. Around the three mark, maybe a little less. Mm-hmm. Three and a half gallons. So Still I couldn't even find four. I couldn't even find a bike that matched mine. So so I'm just wrong and I apologize. And that's my correction corner. I don't know if you have one to add. Uh I had I had two other things, not to be the, the one to spend so long in correction corner here, but uh we mentioned last week the Moto America app being under a hundred dollars. I looked it up. It is $110 for a yearly subscription. What you did mention about, you know, as the races go on, it gets cheaper. You can buy individual races. All that is true. Absolutely. So if you want a cheaper option, there is also still YouTube. So you can 100% watch them the day after on YouTube, but it is $110 for the whole yearly subscription. And then the only other thing when we were, this is kind of minute, but when we were talking about track day circus, you at UMC, Apex Assassins has been doing that for the past four years, not an unknown amount. He did actually tell me four years. I just forgot that he had told me that. So that's all I have. So, so on that track day circus, I did I did register today. Okay. I did sign up. It's currently $590 for two days. That's not bad. Not bad. For the perimeter. So you're getting a lot more track than a lot of places, at least around here, that you get. Yep. So I did do that, and it is on Track Rabbit is where they make you sign up for it. It's Legion Moto out of Colorado is the leading uh, track day entity that's running it. Apex okay. Assassins is part of that. But when you go to their site and try to sign up, it redirects you to Track Rabbit. You'll have to set up an account on Track Rabbit, which covers cars, bikes, uh, all sorts of events. Okay. And I got I got one more item. One more item before we dig into that exciting MotoGP race. Okay. I've got a rumor I want to explore a little bit with you. Let's get after it. It doesn't relate directly to MotoGP, so that's how we fit it in here. Okay. I heard a rumor that I just think I really want it to be true. (laughs) And uh, I've heard it in three locations now, at least three different people talking about it, about Uh the possibilities and if this could happen. But who's the greatest BMW racer right now in your mind? Um, yeah, pro- yeah, probably. I was going to say you, but, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Can, I appreciate that. Be, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know very many, so. So one thing we didn't, I, I don't know that we touched on last week when I was talking about World Superbike, but Michael Vandermark is the number, let's call him the number two rider for the four bike BMW team. Mm-hmm. Uh he high-sided himself, unfortunately broke his femur and is out. Uh, he has a long history of injuries, so I think he almost retired the last time he was seriously injured. Hopefully it doesn't come to that because I, I really enjoy watching him. He's one, of the, he's one of the good ones to watch. But he is out, and BMW is still planning on fielding four bikes, so they're looking for a replacement rider. There's a lot of people, a lot of people saying Cameron Bovier just won on a BMW. It's uh, getting some factory support from those guys, so he's familiar with the bike. Mm-hmm. He's friends with Garrett Gerloff. They have a pretty yeah. good relationship, I understand. I would imagine Garrett Gerloff's probably already called him. Hopefully, BMW has as well. There's a bunch of dates on the schedule that don't line up, so he may he may World Superbike schedule is such that they have big breaks in between races. Right. I think if he was feeling frisky, he could probably do both. All right. What do you think of that? I 
I think that'd be sweet. I mean, that's one more American in a world bike racing series. I guess world what, super bike. What do you call it? Yeah. <laughs> it's only funny because I, I I can't say he's not a BMW racer, but this he's not necessarily a BMW racer in my head yet. You know, right? So he just got back from Moto Two, so right now he's just Cambobier, like the just Cambobier amazing former, motorcycle racer. Photo, yeah, yeah, former Moto Two. I don't I don't know. Well, he's always his whole career, not his whole career, but in you know as long as anybody can remember he's been on a yamaha in moto america that's right. where he won all his championships on but he's proved that he can drive a bmw cameron probably doesn't want to go over there i want him to go over there and i'm rooting for this to happen so if we can like just wish this into happening then i'm all for it because you know we talk about how we wish he would have stayed there a couple more years mm -hmm. the real problem and it's it's hard to say that because there's a lot of people that deserve a chance but I wish, and I think a lot of other people feel the same way, that Cameron would have went straight to MotoGP. If there would have been a ride, if there would have been something, because he's familiar with driving superbikes, with electronics. That's what he does in Moto America. And they stuck him on a Moto2 bike over there, which has no electronics, smaller power. And he had to relearn the bike and how to ride and all that kind of stuff. And maybe it just doesn't suit him. I mean, you see him come back and, you know, we have Europeans come over every year. And it's Moto America is nothing to laugh at or scoff. They're mm -hmm. fast riders there. Uh, the field's not that deep, but there are some riders there that uh, Jake Gagne was won the Red Bull, I think, Rookies Cup in Europe back in the day. I mean, we, we have riders that can that can ride. Yep, I, I agree. Think, I think this is the maybe the chance Cam needed. I, I hope somebody calls him and they choose to do it but i thought that was a pretty exciting rumor that i hope happens so that's why i wanted to bring it up yeah no I'll, uh that's awesome that's good news hopefully that's real i'll definitely keep checking up on that so we'll place that right at the edge of the rug for now <laughs> and hope <laughs> hopefully get back to it with that are you ready for moto gp yeah let's talk moto gp man where do we start what a weekend it was a great weekend. We should probably start with sprint race, unless you want me to breeze over Moto3, Moto2. Well, I don't know. I was going to ask you how many wrecks you think we're going to have throughout the rest of the season. Well, if you're talking, you know, it's a big subject, right, that we're not going to have any riders left. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not keeping count. Maybe I'll start keeping count on a whiteboard. Uh, all these crashes are happening in the main race. The bulk Yeah, of yeah. No, I, I do agree with that. I don't think it's due to the sprint. Yeah. People have been saying that. Um, the writers haven't really been saying that. They've been blaming other things. I mean, <laughs> old Petco over there blamed his own bike. Literally said it was too good. So I want whatever, that bike. Yeah, whatever you take out of that. I mean, I, I get what he was saying with that. Um, that was prior to the weekend, and the results show that you know he figured something out. That just it made me laugh and kind of took me back to Mark Marquez the other what, a few weeks ago now, when he said something along the lines of MotoGP needs to be careful with the arrow. It's not Formula One, and you don't want to get there, right? It's it's still a motorcycle, and you need to keep it that. Riding on the edge of grip in a motorcycle, you need that feedback. You need that response. You need to know where the, where the edge is. And I, I feel like, you know, just to uh, translate his quote a little bit, I feel like Bagnaya was trying to say, this bike is so good that there's no difference between the edge and over the cliff, you know, to take back to my analogy from forever ago. 
So when you don't know that you're right at the edge, how do you know when you're going to crash? And I get what he's saying. Kind of a funny thing to say when you're sitting at the top, on the top, and surrounded by the top. But, hey, you know, if it's true, it's true. I agree with that. I also felt this weekend, though, that he, he kind of backed those comments down. He caught a lot of grief in the media for that comment. My bike's too good. He, he caught he caught some grief, and he, he kind of backed it down and said in the press conference before the race, he said they had had time to look at the data, and they think they've identified what happened and, you know, kind of the standard answers that they throw out. Well, yeah, we, we looked at it. We made some adjustments, and, you know, we're feeling better now, and we're, we're excited for this weekend. So, Let me Which, get some devil's advocate on that arrow thing. Okay. I, I think we're of the same opinion when it comes to adding too much arrow. Um, mm-hmm. I'd rather have, and I think you would also, but I'd rather have the bikes, you know, banging off of each other and not causing crashes, but roughing each other up in the corners and, and fighting through and not so worried about aerodynamics. Right. But yep. MotoGP is, it's an R&D class. You're supposed to be pushing the technology forward. And if Arrow makes the bike better, how do you, how do you go and tell them, hey, we need, we need to slow these bikes down or, hey, we need to... I don't want it to turn into F1, but I think there is an argument for at what point, if you start limiting them, like you do a world superbike, for example, then it ceases to be the R&D class that it is. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think the warning sent out by Mark and isn't against... Innovation? Yeah, isn't against technology advancement and, and moving forward, but purely just stating what's lurking in the background, which is exactly what Bagnaya kind of hinted towards dealing with that you build something that's too good it almost becomes unrideable and unraceable and it's it's important to remember that you're racing other people you're not just racing a lap time because if you're going out to hit a lap time then you could go out slowly get up to that lap time and push to that edge and you're good to go but when there's other people there you got to be, be able to make different moves and adapt to different circumstances. And I think that you get too much focused on, on arrows specifically, but also some other things and it could have negative effects down the line. Yeah. The, well, the other thing is you never know where that technology is going to go though. I mean, if you look at the earliest arrow, you know, Yamaha came with like a rear fender that was a rain deflector mm-hmm. is what they called it. And Ducati looked at that and said, wait, you can get more air here. You can get more air there by using that. And so it was approved initially as, you know, a rain deflector. The other teams grabbed on it and said, nope, this is now arrow, you know? Yeah. So you, you don't yeah. know where, you don't know where things are going to go. So I don't know what you should do, you know, tying people's hands together. Uh, I, I don't have an answer for it. Yelled. <laughs> I'm not going to come out and say like, no, you guys need to stop. Take all the arrow off the bugs because no, absolutely. It looks kind of cool. It's cool to see it come down the line and see how that translates to the street bikes. You know, I've watched several different videos on Ducati and how they do their aero testing and, you know, they'll change it even based off the rider that's on there, right? They take the whole bike into it. Well, they essentially an LED wind tunnel. So the designer has an LED wand that sends light lights up a beam so he can see exactly where the air goes around different parts of the bike. They'll take the rider in and have him go tuck, have him, come up and see how much of a parachute he makes, you know, have him lean off to one side or the other and, and make all those calculations. So it's not like they're just sticking wings on and being like, yeah, does this help? No, they're, I mean, they're putting in the work and and it, it's showing, right? I mean, we can Absolutely. say that Ducati has the best bike out there. So 
it's obviously making a difference. Well, if they make that front wing on that gas or on the Aprilia, if they make that front wing any bigger, it will be the same size as an F1 car. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I don't know if that one's making a difference. Um, well, maybe that's why they're crashing. The track's only so wide and the bikes now have fins the size of cars on them. Yeah, and they're just hitting the ground and pulling them down. Well, you've seen know. that. I, I sent you that picture, you know, not to go back to World Superbike, but that picture of Garrett Gerloff going through the corner. Uh, he posted on his Instagram. He said, do, do my, what it say? Do my wings touch? Yeah. And he, <laughs> he, he was going through the corner, you know, knee down, elbow down. And the, the, the winglets on the front of the bike appeared to be dragging as well. So we're almost, yeah, they were right there next to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say it's not helping Aprilia too much. Um, not to bring up elation, just talk bad again, but. Hey, he finished the race this weekend, not the sprint, but the race. I was okay. So let's start with Aprilia. Okay. Since we're not a results show. Yep, I agree. I mean, we'll we'll we're a spoiler show, but we're not a results show. <laughs> so we'll start where we want, right? Yeah. Aprilia, how do you, if you're Alesh, how do you go home and look your family in the face when you lost? You had the poll. Mm -hmm. Spoiler. You had the poll. And how many times did he get drugged off the line? <laughs> Two races, four times. Two races, four times. Every time consistently, never held that. And not yep. even close. Nope. And nope. Jack Miller in that in the sprint, I don't know if you noticed, but Jack Miller was wheels up, wheeling that thing, coming yep. off that line. Still, even with the, the wheelie that was not optimal, still, still drug him mm -hmm. on the line. And then in the race, when they took off, that was that before the red flag, that was the perfect launch from Jack. He took off. There was no wheelie. Everything was perfect. And I was like, man, nailed it. And then we get another red flag. Yeah, and his hand goes up like, what the? <laughs> Come on. Come on. I did it. Yeah, that was, uh, a, that, was a, that was a perfect start in that one. I think that's why. Yeah. No, not, not to jump around too much, but how about that, Jack, though? some of that breaking this weekend from him oh man what a ride I, I figured it out this week i finally i mean we we kind of knew this but i i figured it out hmm. why can't jack keep a tire under his bike because he's sideways in every corner everybody else can just turn through it why does he got to back it in every corner well i'd argue that brad was more sideways than he was yeah watch the replay uh, brad, I'll had have it, to... brad had it pretty sideways but jack jack like makes a it's almost like Brad does it when he needs to. Mm -hmm. And Jack's just out there like, wee, another corner. Let's swing <laughs> this thing in there. I was noticing both both KTMs. I'll give them both credit. I was like a couple of them. Brad was cracking me up because he'd come in and looked like he was almost locking the rear on purpose and trying to drift the thing. But then he couldn't hold it. You know, and halfway through, it's not doing him any good anymore. I'm like, if you're going to drift it, at least pull it through, you know? <laughs> I'm like, you guys can't keep tires under the bikes? Weird. Yeah. They were the only ones with smoke barreling off their tires going through the corners. It was fun, though. I don't know that I'm a KTM fan. I do love Jack. Never been a huge fan of Brad Bender necessarily, but, I mean, they're up there. They're up there with the boys, keeping everyone in check, and I'm, I love it. And what's great is that those two guys aren't the robot-type riders absolutely right you know jack's not afraid to to spirit in neither is brad honestly i think 
Brad reminds me of this young kid that shouldn't necessarily be in MotoGP, but he got a shot and he just doesn't actually care. So <laughs> he's willing to do whatever. Uh, and then Jack's just Jack. You know, you can't. He's going to do what he wants to do. And, and that's what we love about him. But So we're going to have to go back to Aprilia, but so we're not bouncing around too much. Sticking with KTM, did you notice I was so happy for the team? Obviously, I, I make no secret that I'm rooting for Jack. When on the sprint, the podium celebration – Mm-hmm. You see how loud that KTM team was over there? It didn't It didn't stop. They were trying to interview Pecco, mm-hmm. and he's over there in his corner, you know, and there's KTM people everywhere, and they're screaming, and they're over there singing some songs and yelling at the audience, and you, you could barely hear what Pecco was saying during the interview because it was too loud. And he, he actually – it looked like he looked over a couple times, like, <laughs> show respect, be quiet. Uh, no, unfortunately, I didn't catch much of the after race. I was gonna say the KTMs, they're they're after that first race when so Bender wins that first sprint and everybody's like, see KTM, they they've got it. They made the step. And I'm like, eh, it's a little early, boys. You know, yeah. a little early to talk like that. But we're what, four races in now. Mm-hmm. Four races, four sprints in. And Jack was in contention at Coda, but he bend it. They had a shot every yeah. week. And yep qualifying well which is something they've never done yes that's the big thing i think is i mean you see you saw him off the line today both of them straight out to the front obviously jack jack had his timing and everything just on point all weekend honestly every single launch he made was was really good but yeah they're they're actually qualifying they're up there because i mean what was it two weeks ago or two races ago that brad came up from 15th into fifth or something yep. like that in the first lap. So it's obvious they've got some stuff there. And I think the, I think honestly, the riders are starting to figure out that they, they can be up there. You know, I think there's definitely, I would guess anyway, there's some sort of mental block sometimes of like, well, I'm not quite that guy. You know, you kind of have to, and maybe not, I could be completely wrong there. I don't race MotoGP and I'm sure they all want to win real bad, but there's gotta be some sort of, you know, kind of pecking order, if you will. When you make it up there maybe once, but you can't hold it or something like that, that's going to beat you down after a while. And I think the KTM might have finally delivered the right package, and they've got some good riders in there that aren't afraid to go see what it's got. That's interesting. I don't know how much of that is Jack and how much of it is the bike. And what I mean is I think Ducati really lost out not having him there. He elevates everybody around him. Mm -hmm. And Bender's been there for years, and he don't qualify well. He's qualifying better now, but Jack's the one pushing that. Right. I don't know if it's, you know, just egging him on in the pits. I mean, did you see him running around with the little samurai on his shoulder? No. He had Danny Pedrosa. Oh, um, that, that little samurai. Yeah. That's, that's his name, man. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So Danny Pedrosa. <laughs> I forgot he, that. He's carrying him on his shoulder, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, waving to the crowd. And But he had a great week, too. Yeah, he did. He did. I was... Pleasantly surprised because when he said he, you know, when they said he's coming back and he's riding a KTM, I was like, huh, all right. And I didn't expect much. And then he said that, you know, took first in P1 and then stayed up in Q2. I don't remember what he qualified, but, you know, finishing the top 10 both races, haven't been away from MotoGP racing for a while. I, I didn't expect that. And that was, that was nice to see. That made me kind of wonder, though, that we can bounce around. We're just going to bounce around. We, we kind of talked about this off screen. Mark maybe, maybe going to KTM. And I was wondering how much Danny doing that well in a race 
could maybe lead to that down the road. So we got to talk. I'm going to get back to Aprilia at some point, but if we're going <laughs> to if we're going to talk, Mark, Mark, for those that don't know, Mark missed another race, mm-hmm. medical, still out, hoping to be back for the next race in two weeks. I don't know what's going on there. It seems really odd, but as far as the rumor of Mark thinking about going to KTM, so he has a contract with Honda through 2024. Somebody would have to buy him out of that contract or something. Um, KTM, both Bender and Jack, who are both, as we just discussed, doing great. Both of them have contracts through 2024 also. So it, it wouldn't be for next year. And the way he's acting... I mean, let's let's move this straight into Honda. How'd Honda do? They didn't. <laughs> I got and I got their I got their top finishers right here. Okay. Uh huh. This Stefan Brattle guy. Uh huh. Fourteenth. Yeah. And uh, he he finished. <laughs> Lekaona that they brought over from World Superbike mm-hmm. to, to ride Mark's bike this week. Sixteenth. Yep. And that was your top Hondas. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Oh, Nakagami. I miss Nakagami. Mm-hmm. Up in ninth. Huh? Ninth, ninth place. Oh. Well, never mind. They're saved. Yeah. Out of nowhere. <laughs> if they, maybe they'll just, maybe they're just rotating through the riders. You know, maybe they're just trying a different bike with every different person. <laughs> Joanne Mir. Garbage. What is, I've told you for years now garbage and you've argued with me but yeah i so i can't just up and agree with you because that you know then i'm just turning into that guy that's just like oh yeah yeah uh-huh yeah <laughs> but i'm i'm getting there even when he was racing for suzuki you know he, he won a championship mm-hmm. he'll go down in the history books forever for winning a championship with suzuki and kudos to him but it was off of consistency yeah but what i mean he's still consistent He's still really consistent. <laughs> All right, that's just mean. Well, he, he crashed three times in qualifying. Yeah. Three yep. times in one session. Yep. I was watching, I don't remember which session it was that I was watching. One of the practices of the qualifying and Hondas were just going down. It was like, oh, yeah, there's Mirror. Okay, well, yeah, he just wrecks down. And oh, there's the new guy, the world superbike guy. Man, that's that's rough. Oh, who's the Alex Rick? Oh my goodness. Like it was just Honda, Honda, Honda. Just so this makes sense. We're recording this, you know, late, late Sunday night for me and early, early Monday morning for you. Mm-hmm. What, 4.30? The the 30th? So, yeah. we, so we haven't seen the test. The reason I bring that up is MotoGP will be testing at Jerez on Monday. Yeah, correct. But so Mark's not going to be there either. Nope. From what I heard. Okay. So. But they, got, they got four hobbled Honda riders. Five. <laughs> I got five there. Yep. Yeah, because they're keeping Lekuona. I'll talk about this, and then we'll we'll move on from Honda because there's not much to talk about there. The Calyx frame, right? I uh, went and did some more research. There's still the rumor that there is the Calyx frame. We might see it at Jerez tomorrow for us, so it'll be before this episode comes out. But the one of the articles I was reading said that they already had it. And they were going to test it because they thought Mark was coming back. And then he wasn't. And they put it away. And they quoted Alex Rins saying, I don't think Honda trusts me. And basically due to the build time and the fact that they aren't mass producing yet, they don't want someone to go out and bend it on the bike. And 
one of the articles I was reading, which I could be completely off and misinterpreting this, but that's why they brought Lekuona over because Mark's injured and they need someone to test the bike and they don't trust any of their riders right now. Well, if you, if you follow world Superbike, they've been, they've been on that same path that BMW is over there. Mm -hmm. um, they haven't been good for a long time and they're trying to make steps. And I think the feeling over there is they've been able to throw a lot of things at him and he's been consistently bringing the bike forward step by step. So I think they feel like he's got a lot of experience uh, doing that. And okay. he, he did have a seat at MotoGP, you know, a few years back. So he does have some MotoGP experience as well. Right. Which that, that makes sense. Bring someone over that, you know, is used to trying out all sorts of different stuff. Give him the weekend to get used to a bike. And then give yep. them the new parts for Monday, and yeah. So we'll we'll see. I'll keep up with that. We'll you know we'll have that in uh, next week's episode. So let's finish with Aprilia. I, I think okay. we should keep going this way. We'll finish with every bike style type and whatever on there. <laughs> Aprilia, did you see what happened to Maverick at the end? I don't actually think I caught it, but I'm not seeing his name in the top seventeen. Yeah, so he sat in 10th for most of that race. And then he climbed his way up as high as 8th, I believe. Um, was on a good pace, but same old story, bad start, whatever. Mm -hmm. And last lap, like two corners before the end, he just pulled off the track. And, you know, they didn't have time to talk about it, the announcers, because they were dealing with the finish and everything else. But when they went back, his chain had come off. I did see that. Yes, I did see that. Yep. So, because I was I was amazed. I've never heard you know, bikes will start on fire. Your launch control device not working, maybe some brakes locking up, random electronics, but a chain coming off. I had never it, it like piqued my my senses. I was like, whoa, I don't remember ever hearing that before in MotoGP. One other thing I want to point out about Aprilia is something I noticed from the weekend. We've seen it firsthand when we went to Coda, for example, and I, I told you ahead of time that that's how it was gonna be. Uh, Alish Asparagus, no fan engagement. Henri mm -hmm. turns his head away, right? <laughs> it's another thing that bothers me is when he got that pole over the moon, pounding yep. his chest, waving to the fans. It's like, oh, now you can get your hand up. Now I'm supposed to stand up and salute you because yep. you did something good. Maybe I'm being too hard on him, but it's just the type of person he comes off as or seems to be that just put more salt in the wound yeah well i i've had my opinions of um, of other writers before but they seem to come back and kind of change my mind and he's one that's just never yeah i don't know don't like him personally you can like him if you want yeah choose yeah, your own so, writer but so we talked ktm we talked aprilia we talked honda mm -hmm. there's one team that had a worse weekend than honda probably yeah, well, and I wanted to talk about MotoGP with that one a little bit, I think. Not just them, but also the other the other guy that got a penalty. Yeah, take it away. Before we get to Yamaha, let's knock out that move that Bagnaya pulled on Jack. Dove, dove it in, Jack went a little wide, Bagnaya dove it in and came out on top and gave him a hand. Maybe Jack was a little mad about it, I don't know, whatever. There was an exchange of, hey, sorry. Yep. Okay. Whatever. Well, there was a sorry from one, and then, uh, hey, what the? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. But you know, 
credit where credit's due. They took care of it on their own, I, I thought. And I I want to go back and watch some replays on that one because I was like, I don't, there's nothing wrong there. No one went down. Uh, Bagnaya was quoted afterwards saying, if I had sent it anymore, I would have wiped us both out. So maybe the penalty was in the right spot there. But I, I got a little mad when MotoGP came back and said, hey, give the place back. So I was like, what? Why are you stopping racing? Like, good on him, I guess, for being out there and trying to keep the race on the ground. That was my only thought is I was like, what, after two red flags, we're going to be super scrutinous over everything now? But yeah. Well, they're they're pretty good friends. They made up fast afterwards, but that little interview they do where they put the camera on the podium riders mm-hmm. and they're kind of talking amongst themselves, they were watching the replay of that. And Bender says, a little too aggressive on the hand gestures, wasn't it, guys? <laughs> so I... Yeah. I thought the move was fine uh, going back to what I said earlier when we were talking about Arrow. I don't mind them bumping. I mean, I'm sure I get bumped occasionally on the track. And who am I? Right? Like, yeah. I, I, I love the aggressive racing. And, and there's a very fine line. And I get it's probably super hard for the, the judges, you know, the stewards, stewards to, to decide, you know, what to do in every case and every everything. But we got to, if we're going to talk about that, then we got to just go into Yamaha. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you had, you had Morbidelli on the dirt in the sprint race, mm-hmm. was penalized, long lap penalty. Yamaha could have appealed that before the race. They could have appealed that before the race, but they chose not to. They were like, you know, whatever. Probably because Morbidelli's nowhere, Bill. Yeah. You know, they're not winning a championship anyway. Let's not. Yeah, yeah. To to clean up from way long ago when we made those crazy predictions, and then they all went down the drain. It was definitely just a firecracker that weekend. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing there, unfortunately. At least as far as we've yeah. seen since. Yeah, rumor mill. There's there's people talking like he's gonna go to World Superbike, Morbidelli, mm-hmm. and I'm hearing that the people over in World Superbike don't want him either. So. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that guy, but so he went down, he got a long lap penalty. They chose not to appeal it. So he was going to serve it in the main race. Yamaha only fields two bikes, as you know, mm-hmm. Quattraro, as you know, I alluded to earlier, Quattraro got in the dust up causing the red flag on the first lap, first or second corner. What did you, what did you think about that? Should he have been penalized? Man, I spent so much time thinking about Bagnias. I don't think so. Maybe it's to me, it just felt like they're my opinion, honestly, is that this season I've seen more wrecks than I think I've seen any other season. And I've watched quite a few, you know, I've gone back and watched. I think part of that's because we've had eight races now, four races and four sprints, whatever. Gotcha. See, I'm so, training you. Yeah. Uh huh. So we got double the amount of court events. And so that's definitely part of it. And I don't mean that as in like, well, the sprint is what's causing the wrecks. No, I just mean when you have more racing scored events you're gonna have more wrecks naturally right because that's when wrecks generally happen but i still even with that i think i've seen more this year and so my thought was the whole time anytime they started handing out penalties you know if you're using if you're getting penalized for uh track limits right you get your track limits warning and you continue to go outside of the track and use more than what's available that's one thing absolutely give them the penalty that's straight up in the rule book but when you're giving out penalties left and right for wrecks like it feels like MotoGP is just trying to keep the wrecks down a little bit because they also recognize that this right. year is just turning out kind of crazy right off the bat. 
So maybe we can just blame this all on Honda. But, I mean, honestly, if you watch the if you watch the races, I was joking about it as I watched the race today. It's funny that I forgot Nakagami finished that well because we were looking, we were watching it live, and <laughs> Clarissa said, "There's a lot of crashes. You know, there's there's been a lot of crashes. I mean, this guy's gone. Joanne Zarco's crashed. All these people are crashing." And I said, "Well, there's one more left because Nakagami hasn't crashed yet." If you just took Joanne Muir out of the mix, he crashes every race. Mm-hmm. Literally crashes yep. every race, every sprint race, every race. Every time he gets on the bike, he's putting it in the dirt. If you just took that out, it would look a hundred times better than it does. Yeah. Well, and then you take a lace out and looks another 50% better. Yeah. I mean, there, there's people crashing that are in the back of the field. They're not ever in. I mean, a lot of these guys going down or in the back of the field. Obviously, the two red flag crashes. They were in the back yeah. of the field. Yeah, he's, no, he's back absolutely. Th- this I mean, week, I'll give you that. I was just thinking back to last week oh, or two weeks ago. Pecco's ruining that average because he's wrecked out a lead twice. But yeah, still, I think most of that stuff's happening, you know, back there with these, these guys that don't even have a chance. They're just sending it into the weeds. Seems like all the races last week and this week, they're sure replacing a lot of air fence. There's a <laughs> lot of bikes making it to the air fence. Yeah, well, that's all the arrow is getting into the air fence. <laughs> Maybe. No. Maybe. The bike's not slowing down because it's just sailing right into them. Yeah, it just turns into an airplane. So Yamaha had a bad week, obviously. They only filled two bikes. They had, again, Morbidelli gets a long lap penalty, so they don't care. He's going to serve that. Nobody expected anything out of him anyway. Quattraro, they're mad about that one. They're mad about him getting that one. So the poor guy, starting to feel bad for the guy. He goes out, serves long lap penalty, and what does he do? Crosses That's the white it. line into the green, coming out of it, trying to get a better launch out of the long lap penalty, and they give the guy another one. Yep. Well, and he had, he qualified sixteenth. Yes. And it made cool. it up to tenth. Yeah, but there was again, there's a lot of there's a lot of crashing. I yeah. Mean, you, you can only give him so much credit. I had to keep yeah. reminding. I do forget that. Yeah. Yeah, I had to keep reminding myself. I'm like, well, he's doing all right, and then I was like, well, five bikes. I mean, yeah, how well, many poor, did he really make up? Poor Miguel's out again, D- dislocated shoulder. So I think he'll Already be back out of next week, next race. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it came out just, just not too long ago. He, I missed it then. While I was at work. So I think that's France. Yeah. Is that where we're going next? Uh, let me check the calendar so we don't keep ourselves out of correction corner here. Yeah, because I don't as have any more crash analogies. May thirteenth. Yep, France. Okay, so I believe they told him he's already ruled out, but he can show up there to be tested to see if he's okay to race the next one to get approved medical. Okay. But that's okay. that's that's just killing that RNF team. They, they only have one rider. They were almost out of business. I mean, Yamaha almost put them out of business when they decided not to have a satellite team anymore. Right. And, and they fought and clawed and got Aprilia to you know, sign off with them. And then here's their year. They got new sponsors on board. They got, you know, the crypto whatever company. Yep. Big sponsors, you know, big unveiling of the bikes. Great year. And then Miguel goes down in the first race, finally makes it back. And it's really their only hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other guy ain't going to do nothing. Well, I think Maverick will have a a year. No, not not Maverick. He's on the factory team. I'm talking. Oh, you're just talking RNF. Okay, just talking RNF. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Good old the other guy. He's the only rookie on the field. He's in training. He should win rookie of the year. Well, actually, actually, I'm wrong on that. 
this is gonna we're gonna go to correction corner on this. There's too many okay. Fernandez's. The oh yeah, Raul's not the yeah, Augusto. Augusto. RNF has Augusto Fernandez who yep. or won't make it another year probably. Yeah. Pedro But Cop. he he will win. Rookie of the year. Yes. yes. <laughs> I've been laughing because I'm like, you can do whatever you want. You're getting something out of this. Yeah, so. You're gonna get a trophy, go down in the history books. That was Yamaha. Who are we Thanks. leaving out? I mean, we talked about Ducati, honestly. Anea tried coming back, didn't end up racing. I think he should be back for the next one. Yeah, maybe. I hope so. He he said that he'll be even even when he showed up to the track, he didn't expect to be very yep. good. And, yeah. and that's fine. When they were interviewing him, he didn't say he would be good to go at France. He he said he'll be good at Mugello. Okay. It, that's what the Italians are worried about, right? Yeah, being racing well at Mugello, so he said he'd be a hundred percent by Mugello. He was anticipating this race and the next one to be limited. Mm-hmm. He was he looked like he was in a lot of pain, wasn't doing many laps. Honestly, I'm I'm chalking this year up to uh, as a MotoGP test and rebuild year for everyone <laughs> at this point. So, and at first I thought it was just going to be a Bagnaia and Bash and Nini both get six seconds ahead and then fight it out for a championship. And then, you know, the first race, half the field's gone almost. And from there, it hasn't really gotten much better since. You haven't brought up the second best rumor. I was hoping you'd bring up the second best rumor. Suzuki's coming, Suzuki's coming back. I haven't even seen that. Yeah, look into that. So I'll look F- into it. The FIM president mm-hmm. publicly said in a meeting that Suzuki will be back in MotoGP, but he didn't specify... 10 years from now? Yeah, I was going to say 2030. <laughs> well, he didn't specify. So some of the speculation is, you know, he knows more than anybody else probably, mm-hmm. or definitely more than us. For him to slip and say that, there's some speculation that, so when they left, uh, Dorna threatened them, right? You have a contract. We're not just going to let you out of a contract. And he never heard nothing else about that. So mm-hmm. either it was settled behind closed doors, uh, lawyers are still fighting. I don't know. Uh, some people are starting to allude to the fine is maybe going to be so big that they might as well race. <laughs> okay. But they've already disbanded and destroyed that whole successful team. Their head guys over at Honda. Now the riders mm-hmm. are both gone. The bikes have been crushed. Yeah. No, they, they pulled out. Uh, yeah. They'd have to rebuild that whole team and that don't happen overnight. Well, and so I thought, honestly, when Suzuki left MotoGP, I thought that was the end of Suzuki. No. There's a part of me that hasn't bought or looked at the new, newer, they were new <laughs> six years ago now, uh, Jixxer 1000, because I didn't see it going anywhere. Down the line, a ways, but I just kind of had this feeling in the back of my head that Suzuki was all but gone. So that is a whole new story or a whole different story that we don't need to get into. But Suzuki did just release a new motor. You know, the way bikes work nowadays, usually when you release an engine platform, mm-hmm. then a bunch of your bikes get built around it. But they just released an all new motorcycle engine. Okay. It'll be in a lot of their like ADVs and stuff like that. I think that most of their financial problems are they got caught up in that emissions. Right stuff i think and lawsuits that way and they are the smaller player out of the people that that do play that'd be really interesting to see i, I mean i hope they come back I yeah we one get, more we get BMW in there suzuki back <laughs> kawasaki the more the merrier kawasaki can stay out 
I don't need a green bike on the field. All right. Well, we've been on MotoGP for a while. Do you want to hop over to topic two? Yeah. Unless you had anything else. All no, right. I think we're good. Let's go to let's go to topic two. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Well, we alluded to it last week. What I was doing last Saturday. I was busy doing a track day out at Atlanta Motorsports Park. Prior to moving out here, I didn't even really know this track existed. And I'll say that you know, pulling up to the track, there's some money there. Let me start off by saying that. Uh, there is some money out there. So it's out in this little town. It's not actually in Dawsonville, but Dawsonville's like closest to it or something like that. And as the southeast is, everything's hidden by trees. Yeah, and this so is... Sorry, did you say that? This is in Georgia? Did you... I mean, I said Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta Motorsports Park. Yeah, in Georgia. Um, so driving out, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't look up anything but a few videos of, of people riding on it. I hadn't looked up any actual... You know, I didn't even go to their website. And I'm driving through the trees, driving through the trees. And there was this sign on the side of the road that said racetrack, next left. And I was like, or next right. And I was like, that's... I like that, you know? And then I pull up and there's an automatic gate with like an actual security guard building and behind it is this huge building probably four stories tall with a swimming pool out front a little slide going into the pool you know nice glass windows on the building and then off to the right there's a long set of garages and off to the left there's a long set of garages and so i pulled over some guy told me that there was no parking on the right, go to the left. So we went to the left and uh, the way the pits are set up, you actually can put your tent over onto the pit lane and have it kind of half on the lane, half in the pits. Uh, I didn't do that because I hadn't been there before and I want to like be somewhere I wasn't supposed to be, but they have electricity available. I'll say that it is limited number. We may have blown a breaker running four tire warmers on there. <laughs> so should have paired up with the other neighbor, but whatever. We all had generators, so it wasn't a big deal. But then they're also building, back in the back corner, they're building a whole new row of garage villas, I guess you would call them, condos. Uh, and those are looking pretty sweet. So it's a it's a club track. You know, you get your membership there and you get your own villa. And there's, like I said, there's money there. That's all I'm going to say because uh, there's like three or four garages in the main building, you know, with the glass front, the glass door. And one of them's got four different Panigales in it, and then some sort of open fendered race car, and another one hanging on a hanging from ropes above it. Very nice facility. Man, you know the restaurant. Do you get umbrella drinks? <laughs> Just about, honestly. No, actually, that's the funny part. Is the only food was a dude with the oh, what do they call him? Chef eats, I think. He brought uh, freeze like vacuum sealed pre-cooked meals which was kind of interesting because i was like man i just kind of want some chicken tenders and fries i don't really need like scallop panini or whatever shrimp this and whatever but anyway there's that and then there was a, a woman selling hot dogs and chips there was no actual food from the track which kind of yeah it was interesting but but no the the facility's got some money very nice facility uh small track it's only two miles and very, very technical. So I took the Jixer out there and I took the Aprilia. Uh, I was calling for rain until nine o'clock and we actually didn't see any rain the whole time we were there. It, you know, woke up in the morning and the rain was already out of the forecast and the ground was wet when we showed up. But by the time everything got going, the sun was out and drying it all up. So the guys next to me had just come back from Carolina Motorsports Park. Mm -hmm. They've been doing an endurance race up there the night, the week before. 
you know, I asked them, have you guys been here before? And they're like, no, we haven't. Have you? It's like, nope. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we, we heard it's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, well, we'll see. And then talking to another guy, apparently the, um, the Evolve GT guys, which I'll get into them a little bit more in a second, said that if you like this track, you need to go to the Ridge, which Weird. was, yeah, right? The opposite ends of the country, like, I mean, top corner, top corner, if you're watching, that's, you know, that's the Ridge, and that's Atlanta Motorsports Park. So, strange to hear. I can back that up to some degree. It was, like I said, very technical. You know, out of one turn into another, I was in second gear pretty much the whole time until that last big long left hand turn and then i'd be in third and pretty much hold third through the straight which i'm sure i could have gone a little quicker but i was just getting to know it in the morning and then had a an incident in the afternoon that we'll get into in a bit in some ways i would agree like the ridge uh if you cut out all the straights so all the between turn straight areas that are at the ridge cut those out and then you have atlanta motorsports park Kind of what it felt like. A couple of off-camber turns, a lot of elevation change. You know, you come from the straight, you take an immediate really sharp left, you go up into a big sweeping left, come down, take a sharp right, then you dive down this hill through a left, up a right to come back up the hill, right, left, and then you start your big, long sweeping left to go back into the straight. I'm missing a couple of details in there, but I don't want to just sit here and tell you foot by foot the track. But that big sweeping straight, you also start at the top of a hill again kind of go down into it so lots of elevation change on that elevation change when some of the videos i've seen that you've shared with me mm -hmm. when you're pulling in it's you can see the guardrail and then there's just all those little mountains yeah that's the track yes and no so at, at first glance it would look like it uh but you can actually only see the like right hand half of the track and then it looks like you see the rest of it, but that's a go-kart track that they have out there. Nah, which they had go-karts. They had go-karts running on it all day. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking for technical, you're looking for elevation change, and you're looking for a great facility, definitely hit up Atlanta Motorsports Park. The Jixer was pretty fun out there. Honestly, wish I even had something a little smaller. I think that would have been a great track for an RS660 uh, or something in that kind of lower horsepower but still mid-weight bike range. 390. Uh, or a 390 would have even, yeah, been even better. Honestly, yeah, no, absolutely, because it's just so much back and forth, and you never, you never need the power that you get on the bigger bikes. That about sums up what I have for Atlanta Motorsports Park. Well, let's talk sure. about this incident. What do you want the to talk about this incident? Yeah, I don't know if I, I took the Aprilia out there looking to do a track test. Right, I've had the Aprilia since August of last year, and I was like, yeah, it's time. We'll get her out on the track. We'll see how she compares. Right. And I came back from the first session, actually, and just talking to the to the wife in the pits. I'm like, this is not the track to be doing this test. I knew that. I was like, I'm not going to get a full, you know, not going to be able to stretch your legs much. It's no really crazy high-speed corners besides that last left, but everything else is just back and forth. But we're here. We got the bike here. We got it teched. Let's give her a go, right? So I did the first three sessions. Just to learn the track pretty well. And I went on out the just on the Jixer. Yep, on the Jixer to learn the track before I took the the expensive bike, which is actually probably cheaper all in all cost, but <laughs> that's for a later episode. Took it out. I did my, you know, I was on street tires, no tire warmers. So did a lap at going pretty slow pace, trying to get the tires plenty of time to warm up. I even had them in the sun beforehand. Got my tire pressure set at 30 and 30 on some good Metzlers, sticky stuff. 
went out, did the first lap, second lap, got in there a little harder. A quick shifter is, whew, got to love that clutchless downshifting. Got into the third lap, and, you know, I'm coming around, trying to push it. I actually felt really good. I get down into this hill before you go up the hill again. Right? It's, it's pretty steep down and then pretty steep back up. And as I'm coming down, like there was something that I noticed in my head and I was like, I got to make note of that so I can make my review video. And then I was just like, dude, what are you doing? Just ride the bike. This is a twenty dollars to $25,000 motorcycle. It's built for the track. Enjoy it. You can do another session on it and focus on the interview then, or not the interview, but the, the review then, you know, just ride the bike. You'll have things to say. So I, I said, okay, I'm just going to ride the bike, right? And I, I even yelled at myself in my helmet. I do that all the time. And I'm coming up around the hill. I take my right and then I lean left. I do remember pushing it just a little more because I was like, just ride the bike. This bike can do it. Just ride it and push it just a little more. And then I hit the ground and I'm looking and you know the bike's gone. I'm sliding across, slid into the grass and I look over and she's upside down over next to the tires. And I'm just like, man, what the, what is going on? So I don't want to talk too much about the bike itself and and my thoughts on that and my thoughts on the crash necessarily, because I do have a video planned. It was supposed to be out by the time this episode is coming out, but I'm going to call them out. I had a 360 camera on the back of there and the uh, footage got corrupted. So we looked into fixing that. If you know a good way to fix that, please let me know. I'm down to try whatever options, but I, I tried a couple of my own things. Nothing worked. So I sent the footage off to two Insta 360 and they said it would be 21 business days before they get it back to me. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, like I said, I'll talk a little more in that video and, and hopefully have that footage available. That was the incident. So the incident. So plans now, how does the Aprilia take a hit? Well, actually all, all said and done, I, I rode the bike back into the trailer later that day, been out to look at it a few times. Mechanically, everything is in perfect condition. None of the electronics were beat up there. Some dirt broken front fairing. And then the side fairing on the left broke off of its like mounting brackets and the seat cowl broke off of its mounting bracket. And then obviously the, fr the frame sliders got slid on. So they're a little ground down, but beyond that, it's actually not bad. A broken foot peg, ground down the brake lever, ground down the, the bar end, but no broken clip-ons, no bent, anything. So I think from here on out, we're just looking at getting some new fairings putting new fairings on, she'll she'll get back on the street and uh, she'll get back on the track. Because I, what I saw out there, I want to explore more. I'll say the, the tank on that thing comes back way further. It's got way more usable surface area. I could feel it. Like it almost felt too much, but it was just, you know, it was right there. You were just hooked right. on that, on the side of that tank, which really makes me want to try out that monkey crypto that we were talking about. But yeah, that was nice. I don't know what I'll end up doing with electronics because I, I had them set kind of middle of the pack all the way around. So they were doing something. I could feel the ABS for sure coming down the main street. I think it was up to up in the 130s or 140s, breaking down to probably about 40, 40 to 50 miles an hour for that first turn. It's a pretty heavy braking, not a long straight, but you get on it and then you're, you're breaking down. You could easily get down into first gear if you wanted to for that first corner. So pretty tight left. I think it's less than 90, honestly. Uh, so definitely some things that I'm, you know, I'm happy, happy about. And that I want to explore a little more, maybe a little slower next time. Maybe <laughs> some, maybe some different tires. I think I'm going to try out, put some Dunlops on there. And not a hit at Metzler, but who knows how old they were. So shout out to episode two. Will you crash? <laughs> I, maybe. I, I think, maybe. Yeah. And 
Probably. It depends on how long you keep doing it and what yeah. you're doing, I guess. Inevitably, one day, unless you're just out there to, to cruise and see group, which there's nothing wrong with, inevitably one day you're going to wreck. If you're at all trying to chase speed and, and fun, honestly, there's more fun. Bring back the cliff again. The closer you are to the edge, the more the more fun you're having most of the time, right. I think. You know, that's where the right. adrenaline comes from. So, well, but you got, that, you, you, you got the opportunity while you were out there. You said you were riding with Evolve GT, which is the yep. track day provider. You guys yes, sir. speak with them? I did. Yeah, Evolve GT is a sweet group. Went and talked to the owner for a little bit and got an interview for you guys to watch. And we'll uh, go ahead and pull that up so you guys can see what he has to say about riding with him. And then we'll kind of talk about it a little bit afterward. All right, Easter. Buddy. Easter. You want to introduce yourself? Billy, Billy Sink from Evolve GT. Sweet. So, what is Evolve GT? We're a track day organization and uh, we do training and get people off the street clowning around and they come out here on the racetrack and also have a good time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. What tracks? Are we all? Oh in? man, we're around all all over East the East Coast. Yeah, we're all over. Every every weekend, we're somewhere. Okay, somewhere. so you get like full schedule there. Yeah, yeah, every full schedule. Okay, so yeah. what? Are there any benefits of riding with Evolve GT versus any of the other track day organizations? Any, uh, uh, basically, a lot of people like our feel. We're kind of laid back more, mm -hmm. and, uh, and not that we don't take it serious, but uh, we're just laid back. We have a family atmosphere, and we have a lot of coaches out there. Okay. We don't have control riders. Okay. All right. So we have coaches. So everyone in a vest is a coach. Yep. Okay. Coach. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. We, we don't have control riders. We gotcha. have coaches. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know, I know pricing. Your pricing seems pretty typical to normal track day around the two hundred dollar mark. Yeah. Do you yeah. guys have like memberships or anything? Yeah, like we that? have different levels of membership. It's called a grip membership. That that membership is don't quote me. It's four hundred. <laughs> I think it's four hundred and something dollars. Okay. But that gives you uh, cheaper track days. Uh, it, it eliminates the late sign up fee. Mm -hmm. And also gives you full freedom if you want to cancel at any moment. You just cancel okay. at any moment. Because a lot of guys don't they come to the track, you know, if they drank too much tonight. Yeah, before, yeah. Or if it's raining or something like that, uh, they can cancel any time. Gotcha. Yeah, so gotcha. it's a great membership. It's great, you know, great freedom for these guys okay. to have. So how long have you been riding? Like you personally? Me personally? I've been riding since uh, little little, okay. Yeah, little, awesome. Yeah. Cool. When did you, like, when was your first time at the track? Oh, geez, 30 something years ago. Okay, so for yeah, quite a while then. Quite a while, yeah. So, I guess as our podcast goal is to get the word out that hey, the track is like where you should be, right? Yeah. If you're on a motorcycle, even a Harley Davidson, I seen one over here today. No matter what it is, come out, enjoy yeah, the track. Absolutely. The, the, the thing with the track is we have, you know, ambulance case somebody does fall down. Mm -hmm. um, here, you're not going to hit a car or a guardrail right. um, and, and really mess yourself up. And, and my goal is to get people off the street from clowning around. At least right. they'll have an outlet. I mean, these motorcycles are designed to be on a racetrack. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're out on the street clowning around, you know, I mean, I, I lost a lot of friends on the street. Mm -hmm. So, and to tell you the truth, even today, I have some friends that, oh, this track is too expensive, too expensive. Well, right. for the price of a ticket, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> ticket or an ambulance drive or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to ask. Oh, as far as like, Racing versus, I know you guys track day group, but do you guys have any involvement with racing at all? Yes, we actually own uh, CCS Racing. Okay. The championship right. Cup Series. So you yeah. guys are straight directly with that. Yeah, yeah. So as far as, I noticed you mentioned we had four groups out there today, technically, right? Uh, technically, we had three, but okay. when our novice group has a lot of newbies that okay. haven't been on a track before, I split them up for the first few sessions. Okay, I got you. So yeah, that's to get them up to speed, and right. then we have them. Okay, so you take your, hey, first time ever versus just, yeah, I'm still in the novice class. 
take the first time ever guys and get them their own time out there. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All right, awesome. And by the afternoon, we're all mixed together. The uh, the new guys with are mixed in with the novice guys. Right. So yeah, yeah it okay. works out. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, was there anything else you want to put out there? No, man. This Evolve GT, come check us out. All right. Well, hey, that was Billy with Evolve GT. So it looks like they run a lot of track days, a decent sized operation. They do. Yeah, they are all over, all over the East Coast. Um, it's EvolveGT.com. I'll have a link down in the, in the description. I also have a link to Track Day Circus. We're going to post that on every episode. Just want to give another shout out to that. Please come join us at Track Day Circus. We want you there. So let's go back to the, the title of the episode, right? Carnage at Atlanta Motorsports Park. There were two big things, three, three big things, three that I titled this video after one was the, the incident, you know, at turn 13. The other was this freaking windstorm that came out of nowhere. <laughs> so it was like a little breezy all morning. Uh, there's a, a good section. When you come out of turn one, you go kind of up this hill towards through a little bit of an S not even an S like a kink and you're going up a hill and across, you know, you can get the wind coming across there. And I felt that in between one of the sessions, just this gust came out of nowhere and took my canopy out, which, Somehow up to that point, I had never had the canopy go down and I don't have like the crazy nice canopy with all the weights and all that, you know, it's just, I'll, I'll, I'll back you up here. I seen pictures from earlier in the day and you literally had an air compressor tied to one leg. Um, and the, the generator on the other, and then the other two were tied to the trailer wheel. Like I always do. Yeah. You're, you're way more anal than I am when it comes <laughs> to that. I'm the guy that just says, yeah, it'll probably hold. Uh, right. Easton's not that guy. He's going to go over there and maybe we should put something else let's add something else a little more yeah yeah if you let me if you let me by the end of the day you know the car will be parked on top of it somehow so (laughs) but yeah now this guest came out and took my canopy only moved it about a couple feet you know so unfortunately that bent the the framing of it i might be able to still use it i think we're maybe looking at getting some new ones so that was point number two of carnage and then point number three which I don't want to blame Evolve GT for this at all. So if that's in your head, don't let it be there. I don't blame Atlanta Motorsports Park either. But from the fourth session on, it felt like it actually almost started with me. There was a red flag every single session. And if you haven't been on the track yet, you know, get out there, go to the track. But a red flag means that someone went down and they, they either need an ambulance or they're still in the crash zone. And it's not safe for the other bikes to be out there. Right. So they have to red flag the session. Everyone has to come in. Or if you're on a random track on the East Coast, you maybe you just stop and pull over on the track and you're really confused about it. But everyone's got to come in and they end the session and they red flagged at least once per session all afternoon. Uh, you're just explaining a casual Friday night at Las Vegas. <laughs> you know, every time you bring up Vegas, I'm like, do I want to actually go ride with you there? <laughs> it's such a fun track, but yeah. Oh. Uh, we'll we'll get out there. Back to Evolve GT. I'm on their website right now. I'll pull up. Let's see. They're at NC Bike Pit Race, New Jersey Motorsports Park, Carolina Motorsports Park, Summit Racing, VIR, Roebling Road, Pine View, PTC, Atlanta Motorsports Park, and Pocano. So a multitude. I think that's more than I've seen from any other group up to this point. Did you say Pocano? Pocono? I think that's Pocono. Pocono? I did. Pocono. Yeah. I might have said it wrong. Okay. Just well, it's I'm not fine. A, I just, I just, nah, I wanted fan. to verify because 
in Pocono. That's a northeastern Pennsylvania. I mean, they've got NASCAR on the picture, so yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a NASCAR track. All right, yeah, you, man, you threw me off. You never corrected me on Jerez earlier. What'd you say? I've been getting corrected all week, by the way. What saying Jerez? I say Jerez, but okay. it's Jerez. Oh well, yeah, but we're English. But well, we're we're American. But just something I've noticed this year, it's every track we've gone to with MotoGP, they're saying it different than they've ever said it before. It's like somebody said, this year we have to speak in the language of the nation that we're going to. We need to make it sound correct. Sometimes you get politicians doing that when they're speaking about foreign countries. You know, they just start saying it wrong to sound sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, right. but they still can't, still can't get Bezecchi, right? Yeah. Bezecchi. It's Bezecchi to me. Yeah, it will. It always will be. Anyway, sorry. Back to <laughs> back to Evolve GT. What he said in that interview, the the family feel. You know, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, why?" As you saw, why why ride with Evolve GT? And he's like, "The the family feel. We're chill. One hundred percent. I'll back that up all day. One of the one of the better groups I've ever ridden with. You know, you come to the riders meeting, you're not getting yelled at. They got music playing all morning." You go over, you chill, you hang out. And then it wasn't just Evolve GT, and maybe it's just because I'm in the South or, or whatever it might be, but everyone there was friendly. You know, I, I spent all day talking to the guys next to me that came from Carolina Motorsports Park. The other guy next to me asked him about his, uh, his leathers. He was wearing bison leathers, had some questions on that. And then the guy next to him had his 14-year-old son out there riding the, uh, you know, I saw another 08 Jixer. It was a 600, but I, you know, I had to stop and ask. And actually, I passed his son in the morning, I think, the second session, coming around that. There's a left hand, probably turned three or four. I almost passed him in the corner, but coming out of it, I, you know, kind of pinned it and got him. But you you do like a slight kink as you go down towards a sharp right. It's B group. You're supposed to be nice. I try and be nice because I don't like when people aren't nice to me and I don't want to get kicked off. And I, I honestly, it's because I don't want anyone to have a bad experience and then get turned away. Right. Or right. Or sue the track or or whatever. Right. I don't want to cause someone else's day to be worse than it needs to be or worse at all. So I, I went over afterward. I was like, hey, man, you know, I just wanted to make sure we're good. I didn't get too close or, or anything. And I'm, I'm sure it wasn't actually as close as I felt like it was. But, you know, I had nice conversations with him all day and then went and talked to Billy and the, the family feel, the chill, the laid back. They don't have control riders. There's no track marshals. You know, it's not guys out there telling you, hey, you need to this and that. And, you know, I got I got meatballed, actually, bringing up the good old meatball flag. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is news to me. Oh, I didn't tell you about the meatball flag. No. Yeah, I got meatballed. I mean, you know, my bike and her wonderful, on the Jixer, uh, her wonderful exhaust note. Yeah, what was falling off? <laughs> it wasn't falling off. No, nope, everything was good. Jixer's mechanically sound, good to go. No oil leaks, no nothing falling off. I got meatballed like right near the end of the session, and I came in, and then I sat. I was laughing because I, I could tell I couldn't be that serious because I pulled all the way up to the front of the pits, and I just sat there forever. And finally, some guy comes over, and I'm like, yeah, I got meatballed, turn 13. He's like, sound. I was like, oh, okay, well, I've got a DB killer. He's like, yeah, throw it in if you can. It just echoes off the trees back there, man. I'm like, oh, okay, sounds good. So they do have a sound limit out there just because they are close enough to a community. And I think their sound meter is back in that turn. So if gotcha. you're going there, just kind of keep that in mind. So when I say long hand, long left hand sweeper, 
if you watch some videos, you know, but if you're riding it, it's, it's even more so. I'm not talking like at your classic double apex. I'm not talking big. It's long, right? Like we're talking like PIR long, but it's actually a turn. So you're right. in there. You're in there for a while. You come in, you hit the first one, you go all the way out to the outside and you hit the second. So it's a double apex, but it's it's long, right? You're out there for a good few seconds uh, and you're gaining speed the whole time. You can be. Some people will grab a gear halfway through. That's how long it is, right? Most people trying to grab them before they get into it. Long turn. I'm pretty sure that's where the sound meter is. I want to say they have a, if you sign up for it, they'll send you an email and they have it in there. I want to say 95 decibels at 50 feet from the track is the limit. I made it halfway through the day or halfway through the morning and then got, got meatballed. But again, it wasn't a meatball for being rude or anything like that. They just stopped me for sound. Very relaxed feel, very chill. Atlanta Motorsports Park is a great place to go if you're looking looking for technical, which you know me, and that's what I enjoy. So I really enjoyed it. Not a huge fan of the, the high-speed turns, but if you like that, they also have that in turn 13. So a little bit of everything, not too big. You get plenty of laps. Uh, I was running, this is probably going to make me sound awfully slow, but like I said, I was just barely getting used to it. I, I got down to a 144 on the Jixer on a two-mile track, so... That means Not, something to somebody out there, but it doesn't yeah. mean to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't even look up lap time, so I have no idea what that's like. Heard a couple other people talking about it. How it's not it's not big enough for racing. You'll never see a race there. And it's a it's a club track. Like I said, it's mostly people with memberships going out there. But Evolve GT just added it to their list last year. So this was their second year out there. They like it a lot. Absolutely do recommend that one to anyone in the southeast. The facility's super nice. Like you go to the bathroom, they actually have stalls and soap, paper towels, and toilet paper and all the <laughs> You're making the things that you... sound terrible. Like that's <laughs> people are gonna be like, uh, so it was a bathroom? What do the other ones have? Well, okay. A to a hole to, in to the clear ground? that up, it was stainless steel and there weren't fingerprints all over it. You know, there wasn't five gallon bucket. Most of the tracks we've been to, but I mean the first time I went to the ridge, it was a very small, barely better than campground bathroom, right? And they've gotten a lot better. They've gotten a lot bigger. They put some money out there. Sometimes that's what you deal with at a racetrack. Atlanta Motorsports Park is not that. It's got the money. It's nice. Go. Well, maybe, you can, care of. maybe you can take me sometime. I mean, I'm going to be going back for sure. Absolutely going back. Oh, and I wanted to mention before we, I think we're getting pretty close to the end here. I talked to that gentleman about the bison leathers. Now you were kind of looking at those at one point. In the next two to three episodes... You know, if you're if this is your first time listening, stick around if you care at all about how much cheaper it might be than you think to get a custom leather suit. And that's all I'll say on it for now. But I had the opportunity to talk to a gentleman about things like that uh, and get some very good insight and info. And we'll be playing that in a in a later episode. We'd, we'd fit it in now, but I think we want to spend a little more time on it. So we'll we'll get that done later. Okay, sounds good. What do we got? What do we got coming up? Well, that was our next. Next big news. Uh, I'm not going to throw any names out. No names? No, I don't want to throw a name out. Not yet. Glad, glad you said that. I was going to make one up. Oh, well, that's I was going to throw one out. So, yeah, pretty pretty excited for next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have... I'll, I'll allude to it. How about that? If you're in our world deep, you, you'll know who he is. If you're not, then it might be a new person to you, but someone that you should definitely be uh, learning about, I guess. It's the best way to put it. One of the top rider coaches, racing rider. I think he even does a little bit of car stuff. Working into car stuff now. Yep. Coaches in, in the U.S. 
we've got quite a name for himself, and we've got the amazing opportunity to have him join us for, for our episode next week. As long as everything goes to plan, that'll be happening. With that being said, if there's anything that the audience, you guys, would like to ask, ask, a, coach. Yep, ask a coach, maybe the best coach, one of the best coaches. Since you're not sharing names. <laughs> if I talk anymore, then I'll spoil it. You don't want to give any names. What else you got going? You coming out here? You going to be able to hit a track day before? Mm. Maybe not now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've been looking for them. So I want to get out to Carolina, but everything I'm looking doesn't start till later in the year. Well, that's that's better for me. Huh? I want I want to go to Carolina with you if possible. The people I talked to said it's a very good. So if if Atlanta Motorsports Park is nothing but technical and super short with no straights in between the turns and Roebling is the exact opposite where you never really feel like you have a turn. Mm -hmm. Carolina is supposed to be the perfect mix. That's the only downside they had was that there's no elevation, which is okay. I mean, Roebling didn't really have any of that either. Well, I guess a little bit, but a little bit, but people, people from your neck of the woods have a different idea what elevation is than people from my neck of the woods. That's true. That's true. Well, I'll, I'll say Atlanta is more than, more than you would think. Atlanta Motorsports Park, not Road Atlanta. But no, I don't have anything in the docket as of right now. I got an exciting one coming up on Friday. Okay. By the time this podcast comes out, I'll already have the truck warmed up. <laughs> we'll be out at Utah Motorsports Campus getting the NRC race license. Oh, there you Hopefully. go. That's all, things go. all things go good. We've got two weeks of sun and only one day of rain in that two weeks, and it was showing on that day. <laughs> Uh, I'm confident that's going to move out, but we will see. So looking forward to that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for you. It'll be a good good year for you. I think a little bit of a step up, different game, hopefully a different, different part of the world that we can talk about. And maybe in a few years, I'll join you out there. We'll see. All right. Well, I think that's all I got. Yeah, that, that was about all I had. I'll say it one more time, just because mark your calendars, July 2nd and 3rd. Track Day Circus at UMC. The link is down in the description. I mean, go ahead and link it, but just so you know, we're not getting paid for this. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not like trying to do a an ad or a sponsorship or anything like that, but... We're not getting paid. We're just going out there to have fun. As you've said numerous times, if you're anywhere near, you should come out. It'll be a good a good weekend. And good last time. chance last chance to ride the perimeter at UMC, possibly for the foreseeable future. That's a big thing for me. I think it's a track that is worth worth making the trip and paying the money for. So, yeah, once again, if there's any questions you want to ask uh, the writer coach, go ahead and throw them in the comments. Uh, DM us on Instagram. We're on Instagram also, JK at JK Moto Podcast. Go give us a follow there and let us know if there's anything you'd like us to ask. Otherwise, it'll just be our own questions, which we definitely have some. So looking forward to next week and, and everything else. Thanks for being here. Yep. Thanks. We'll, we'll see you next time.